0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, viewed to be the best.
1: Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans.
0: Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Let me just say this off the top of the show to uh, start the day, start the week here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. I thought Georgia put on a good show on Saturday. And listen, you know, different folks have different opinions about how much it all means and how predictive it actually is for what happens during the season for Georgia. That's obviously something we all understand. But I think the purpose of this is to be entertaining, it's to give those folks who love Georgia football and want as much Georgia football as they can get to give them a taste of it during the spring and I thought UGA did a really good job of providing us you know some some something that felt very close to, to Georgia football on Saturday whether it be the fact that I'm always going to be a little bit of a carnival barker so I kind of enjoy the theatrics that go along with this kind of stuff I like the fact that the red team the black team the two different squads they're kind of divided uh, the, the Georgia players are kind of divided into I like the fact they got their own i entrance videos, their own hype videos. They're on the big board before the game. As somebody who grew up in the 1980s era of pro wrestling, back when the promoters thought it was really important to make sure the good guys and the bad guys both dressed in separate locker rooms. I love the fact that uh, the black team for Georgia on Saturday did come from the, I guess what would be the visitor's locker room on the other side, the east end zone side of the stadium, kind of keeping with the, the image that these are two teams playing against each other and not just one team that's been divided into two. So to me, it was a good show once there. The weather was obviously beautiful. It was great to see some of you in Athens for the game. And I just thought it was kind of a nice way to spend a Saturday. I've certainly got no complaints about any of that whatsoever. It was also interesting in that one of the names that really got a lot of chatter on our Dog Nation game show on Saturday afternoon, and a lot of you have been talking about it on social media, is the performance by freshman wide receiver Adonai Mitchell. Over the hundred yards receiving, scores a touchdown in the game. Really a beautiful play to end the first half at the right at the end of the half. The kind of, you know, full extension to make the catch on the touchdown is probably one of the more impressive things we saw all day long. And both the number of times that Georgia threw to Mitchell, the fact that he came up with so many catches, was in and itself kind of interesting. Now, here's the thing that we have to kind of sift through here a little bit is is what happened for Mitchell significant for him, or does this kind of go along the long catalog of G-Day heroes in the past who haven't always produced big on the field when they've gotten a chance to play uh, in the actual fall after having a nice spring? In fact, Kirby Smart did kind of allude to this, that just given the format of a spring game, kind of given the way this all kind of goes down, that in, in Kirby's mind, anyway, the the balance has shifted in favor of the wide receivers before the game even begins. So this is kind of Kirby Smart talking about that from his press conference on Saturday.
2: I would probably argue every G-Day we've come out of, you know, you feel good about the wideouts because you throw the ball so much in the G-Day game. So it's not like a G-Day I can ever remember coming out of saying, oh, man, we don't have any wideouts. And uh, I've never felt any kind of negative way towards the defensive backs coming out of the spring game, and
0: they've given up yards and passing because this game is built around that. So I don't know that I think that's quite as true as Kirby Smart says it is right there, the idea that we always feel great about Georgia wide receivers after G-Day because they throw it so much. The honest truth is is that Georgia was capable on Saturday of producing a more entertaining game, throwing the ball as much as they did, probably more so than some of the G-Days, at least my memory, of the recent past where connecting on big passing plays, even with the defense kind of playing sort of a, a base look, it's not always easy to do because sometimes you just don't quite have the offensive firepower to really connect and get that done. The fact that Georgia was able to put a good on a good show on Saturday, to me, says something pretty good About what happens with this team there in that respect. But beyond that, to go back to Adonai Mitchell here for a moment, I actually think what Mitchell did on Saturday goes beyond just typical G Day hero, kind of a footnote to history after that. We've seen that before, but I sort of get the impression that in Adonai Mitchell's case, this may be something more than that. Now, I'm not telling you he's going to be the next, you know, fill-in-the-blank great receiver. I'm not saying that either. But I think what you learned on Saturday is, is that Georgia has a player, an additional player who's capable of playing for you this fall, maybe more on that list than you initially expected because I think Donna Mitchell proved to you on Saturday that he's a guy who has a real chance to do some playing for you uh, here this upcoming fall. And one of the reasons I feel that way is because it's not just after G-Day in which we're talking about Donna Mitchell. We were talking about Adonai Mitchell on this show prior to G-Day. Some of that was because of some of the stuff that Kirby Smart had said during uh, uh, his press conferences leading up, you know, through the spring on this. A lot of this was because our guy Terrence Edwards, the former Georgia wide receiver, who joined me on the Dog Nation post game show on Saturday, and obviously talked a lot about Mitchell there. And you should check out the full show if you hadn't. But he was, uh, you know, on this show making comparisons to Mitchell and other, you know, receivers who've done big things in the SEC in recent years, and was on Twitter, you know, after having a chance to visit a Georgia practice a couple weeks ago, and say a lot of folks want to know my my takeaways on this. Here's my big takeaway. Adonai Mitchell is going to surprise a lot of people. And then lo and behold, that expert testimony was paired with our own eyewitness account for those of us who saw G-Day on Saturday that, yeah, you know what, this guy just given the way that he was used on Saturday, given the way that that he produced when, when getting a chance on Saturday, Maybe Terrence Edwards was, was right. Maybe this really is a guy that Georgia can lean on a bit right now, just given the overall thin nature of the uh, uh, of the wide receiver situation here for a moment. In fact, let me let you hear a little bit more of Kirby Smart talking in particular about what he liked about Adonai Mitchell and what Georgia fans themselves have now kind of grown to like as well. Here's more from Kirby. We thought he was a
2: talented player. Uh, he's another one of the guys that, that we, we think we do as good a job as anybody in the country of doing research on players and evaluating players. It's not about – what they're ranked, what what the the media says about them, what the recruiting rankings say. We watch the tape. The tape speaks volumes. Uh, in the case of Jordan Davis, it spoke volumes. In the case of Adonai Mitchell, it speaks volumes. These guys that we evaluate ourselves, we thought he was a really good player, and we didn't care what everybody else thought. And he's a he's a good football player. So um, we 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 evaluated him, kept recruiting him. Uh, he came in. We didn't get to see him in early in the bowl practice. He actually had got sick right when he got here and never got to really bowl practice with us. So it was very unfortunate that he was here like eight days and never got to practice once. Then he had to go home. Then he came back. Uh, he worked out well. Um, he's he's gotten uh, himself in, in decent shape. He needs to get in better shape, but uh, he made plays. He made plays during the spring.
0: Isn't that interesting to hear Kirby Smart say that, making the comparison to Jordan Davis, a three-star recruit who, from the very moment he began playing at Georgia in 2018, proved himself right away to be much better than that recruiting profile would have suggested. He's one of the best players on this team, best players in the country, expected to be for the upcoming season. Interesting comparison from you know, kind of one position side of the ball to the other in saying Ad Mitchell's a little bit like what Jordan Davis was for us on defense. That's a you know pretty fascinating level of confidence right there from Smart about a dynamic Mitchell right there. I'll sort of defend the recruiting industry from this standpoint. A little bit of an unorthodox final year before arriving at Georgia for Mitchell. I think there's a really good chance that a lot of folks within the recruiting industry just didn't get a chance to evaluate Mitchell very much. Sometimes these guys are kind of slip through the cracks. Many of you are aware Adani was only a three-star recruit. Some of that's on the basis of the lack of evaluation opportunity that the industry kind of has for him. And it certainly seems like, based on what you saw on Saturday, based on the buzz from the spring, That uh, Adonai Mitchell is far better, far better than the sort of three-star recruiting profile would suggest that he might be, and our Terrence Edwards has certainly validated that over and over again when he's made appearances on our show. A little bit more uh, from Kirby Smart on why the presence of Mitchell and what he was able to do on Saturday, even more important, just given the fact that Georgia has dealt with some injuries there at that at that wide receiver position. Here's a little bit more from Kirby Smart.
2: When you got a guy like that that steps up. It's almost a bonus. You know, we lost George and it forced him to play more, but man, he picked it up fast. And uh, when Jermaine went down, he had to get even more reps. So we're really excited about AD and think he's a really good player. And the last probably three practices of spring ball were his best practices.
0: That's great to hear. And of course, it's not just Georgia coach Kirby Smart and UGA fans who liked what Adonai Mitchell brought to the table. Some of his fellow teammates also liked him as well. JT Daniels, in fact, kept feeding him over and over and over again. Not just the catches that he made, but really trying to deliver the football to him a lot on Saturday. It seems like that was almost like the go-to guy for Daniels there in that spot on the red team on Saturday. And after the game, JT was kind of good enough uh, to explain what his thought process was for why uh, Mitchell was such a big part of what that red team was trying to do offensively here is more of him on that JT Daniels on the subject of Donnie Mitchell just about
3: AD in general uh you know he's very twitchy uh he, he's got a really good uh you know understanding of how to get in and out of breaks uh which I think makes a good case for him uh when he's one-on-one uh so that's part of it. another part of it's just him being in the X position. um you know get, gives him you know a lot of one-on-one opportunities to win
0: and when you, you, you see a lot of one-on-one you see your exes get the ball um you know more often than not so good stuff there from JT Daniels how about one of his teammates in that wide receiver room Kieras Jackson who by the way also did some pretty good things on Saturday Kieras also liked some of what he saw from Adonai Mitchell here's Kieras.
3: he's very athletic for um what he brings to the table he brings a lot to the table just being able to things that he can do just being just athlete just just natural talent but once he gets to learn the system how to um how to practice and how to be able to sustain reps out the reps and no telling how good he can be. But right now he's still working, still progressing, and uh, just excited to see what type of receiver he grows into.
0: Let me see if I can kind of sum all this up with Mitchell this way, the reason why I think this is potentially more than just a guy who had a good spring game by the time the fall rolls around, you sort of forget it ever took place. Imagine in your mind for a moment, I hate to kind of conjure up a bad thought, but just imagine in your mind for a moment, that a Georgia player were to have gotten hurt on Saturday, on G-Day, essentially subtracting him off the roster for what's available this 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 fall. We all kind of know how that'd make us feel. This is almost like the complete reverse of that. Instead of coming out of G-Day feeling like you'd subtracted a name off your roster, I think a lot of Georgia fans now feel like coming out of G-Day, going into the start of the summer, leading into the fall, you've now added a name into the roster of someone who's capable of playing. Because this is the way that coaches talk all the time. Fans have a tendency to talk about who's a starter and who's not. Sometimes coaches have a different way of saying it. They talk about being above the line or below the line. The standard of being good enough to play. The standard, the threshold of this is a guy who can contribute for us. How many players do I have above that line and how many players kind of fall below that line? Well, I think what you found out on Saturday is Georgia has an additional receiver above that line than you initially thought when it comes with Don A. Mitchell. I think that's a really good thing. Now, let me also say this really quick. Uh, If you saw our uh, Kroger kickoff to a start the day on Saturday there as well, I think you got more good news there on that wide receiver situation. I'll show you and I apologize for radio podcast. I realize this is not something that you can see being a a audio medium, but for those of you watching on video, I want to show this to you. To me, this was a really cool thing to see near the end of the kind of makeshift dog walk on Saturday. If you're watching right there, you see Jermaine Burton walking, you see George Pickens walking. Obviously, Burton seems to be in good spirits. He's on his way back. But look at George walking right there, all smiles. He is obviously limping a little bit, but there's no crutches or anything like that. Listen, I'm no medical professional. Don't take me seriously on that. But that to me right there, for those of you watching on video, does not look like a guy who's more than a year away from playing his next football game. Now, does that mean he comes back healthy, ready to go by the end of the season for Georgia? I don't know, but... That video right there gives me a little bit of hope. i got to say that I was glad to be able to capture that and glad to be able to see Georgia fans greeting him as he was coming into the stadium on Saturday. That makes me feel pretty good. I mean, overall, I actually feel a little better about the Georgia wide receiver situation than I thought I would coming out of this spring. Jermaine Burton's injury, not as bad as it was initially feared. Arian Smith, much the same way. Adonai Mitchell, the buzz that existed behind closed doors with him before the spring began. You understand why all that buzz existed. Who knows? Maybe George Pickens before it's all said and done there as well. G-Day was a fun day on Saturday, and it provided some reasons to feel pretty good about this Georgia wide receiver situation. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Hello to you, and thanks for being us, being with us no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or on the radio at noon on App and Sports Radio 960, The Ref. And we are available as a podcast wherever you find them, including the world-famous DogNation.com. John Stinchcomb on the way. We'll talk some G-Day with him. I'll also say, before we get to that, big thanks to our friends at Pella Window and Door of George for making it all possible. You know, Pella can help equip your house with energy-efficient windows and doors, make your house look better on the outside feel better on the inside because all that energy stays where it's supposed to be, not creeping out the sides of inefficient windows, doors, the crevices, how they kind of come unsealed things along those lines. That That's not going to happen when you get those new and improved windows and doors from my friends at Pella Window and Door. Of course, they got you know national reputation. That means you get unparalleled resources and local family-owned branch right here in Georgia, which means you get unrivaled service. It's one of the reasons why I feel great about recommended hello window and door of georgia to you because i know how good of care they're going to take care of you they also offer uh, a free no pressure consultation to talk about all the installation options and everything you have available to you it's just one of the ways in which they extend great service and they got great savings as well also Currently offering 10% off your entire project or 0% APR for 24 months. Also super easy to get in touch. You can go to the website, pellaofgacom of GA.com slash dog nation. That's Pella of GA.com slash dog nation. Or give them a call, 678-638-1496. That's 678-638-1496. Just make sure you tell Them, that Dog Nation Daily sent you. Pella Window, door of Georgia, is viewed to be the best. All right, before we get John Stench going, let me go around the doghouse here for a moment. A lot on the offense to start the show, and a lot on Adonai Mitchell. It's going to take us a few days to kind of get through everything that happened from G Day. But I do want to give you a little bit bit of a brief glimpse on the other side of the ball for a moment defensively. Georgia quarterback JT Daniels, he liked what he saw from that defense on Saturday, including his belief that front seven, all those big names there, kind of help power things for right now as this secondary is kind of working its way through some inexperience issues. Certainly Daniels has been impressed with that group both during spring, and also on G-Day on Saturday, here's the Georgia quarterback on the defense that he played against on Saturday. That's
3: one thing you got, you got to mention when you talk about Georgia football is uh, that defense gives you everything every now. And, um, you know, starting with that front seven, it's it's absolutely elite. And the secondary, you know, a little inexperienced in the secondary, but don't, uh, don't hold that against them. There's a lot of talent there. Uh, there's a lot of good players. I'm, there, there's, there's no fear, uh, you know, in my mind. And there, there's no fear that I feel uh with that secondary on the field you know they're they uh, they give us a look every day um they make a lot of plays you know we make a lot of plays on them but it's just, it's just good on good
0: uh you know we made some plays today and they made some really good uh breakups today too I like the phrase that JT Daniels uses about that front seven as he says being absolutely elite we're showing a lot of Nolan Smith on the screen for those watching video I thought Nolan had a pretty good day on Saturday he certainly seemed to be kind of all over the place and and there are a couple of, you know, nice moments. Uh, at one point in time, Keeley Ringo had a big hit for the secondary. And as I said before, you probably have to rewatch this a few times and kind of unpack everything that you kind of saw. It'll take you several days to do that. But some nice words from JT Daniels there when describing the Georgia defense. I think that's really good all the way around. And just another reminder of how much fun it was to be in Athens on Saturday. Of course, for many of you, you want to be in Athens for more than just Saturday. You want to live there or you want to retire there. And many of you are looking to kind of get involved in the real estate market by being an investor there with a the student property or an Airbnb or something along those lines. If that's something that you're interested in doing, the important thing to do is make sure you have a local expert on your side, helping navigate all the things that make the Athens real estate market unique compared to maybe some other real estate markets here in our great state. So that's why I want to tell you about five market realty, the number five, five market realty and the great work they are doing. They understand all of this for those who want to, you know, kind of create that investment opportunity for extra income or that dream retirement scenario where you're close to the dogs each and every week, the game day condos. Obviously, that's a high thing right now. Five Market Realty knows all about that. They're also a part of the uh, 2021 Bulldog 100 list. So when you do business with Five Market Realty, you're really doing uh, business with good dog people. And that's always a lot of fun to do. Big dog fans. They love talking Georgia football with you as well as everything else. Of course, they love talking real estate there as well. So find out more about 5 Market Realty by checking out this website. It's the number 5, 5MRealty.com. That's 5MRealty.com, and you can learn more about 5 Market Realty today. All right, before we are done on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia – We're going to check in on some of the other SEC spring games. We'll kind of get a lot of that here today. Also, we got a really fun contest we're about to have uh, taking place here around Dog Nation. I can't wait to tell you about that before we're done on today's program. So there's still plenty to do before we're done. But on Monday, she'd love to get the thoughts of a guy like John Stinchcomb, especially on a day like this, a couple days removed from G-Day. What did John see? Let's find out right now here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. We'll say hello to John Stinchcomb here. And, uh, John, I don't know if you would join me in saying this, but I started the show today by saying, you know, it remains to be seen how important G-Day really was in terms of is this a true picture of what George is going to be on the field this fall for the good or for the bad. But in terms of the entertaining, you know, entertainment product, I actually thought it was really fun to watch. I had a good time with it on Saturday. Uh, did you enjoy it as much as I did? Just getting a chance to see, you know, Georgia out there. Really, both sides. I thought going pretty hard and making the most of the opportunity. It was as close to real football as I think as any spring game is going to provide for you, right?
1: Uh, yes, and that was what I enjoyed most. Is I thought it was really competitive. I, I saw a lot of guys actually putting in some really good effort for a spring game. You know, you're coming at the end of three weeks of of pounding on the same faces and you know a lot of times you get in the spring game you're just ready to be done and and transition to you know summer training getting ready for training camp so to see the guys out there competing uh new faces as well as some old guys that uh, went out there and, and gave it their all it was it was some entertaining football and and anytime you get to watch the red and black, it's a good
0: day. So, from a you know ex-player standpoint, yourself and someone who's obviously still very involved in the game, you know you see other places around the country where they just don't seem to emphasize spring games quite as much. For instance, I think Ohio State, if I heard correctly i don't even know they tackled during their spring game this past weekend obviously there's a little bit of an injury risk when you go out there and play as hard as georgia did on saturday i don't know if it helps from a football standpoint but it's selfishly i like to see it i mean do you think there's value in the fact that georgia continues to treat its spring game as close to a actual game as you're gonna you're kind of going going to do do you think there's some value in the fact that georgia does choose to go out there and go hard for something like that
1: yeah uh, absolutely i mean it it's <laughs> football is not a safe sport. It, there's risk every time you take the field. That's an understood. So, you know, it, it's mitigating and, and limiting those risks. But at the end of the day, you've got to prepare yourself to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And receivers, running backs, any ball carrier, they need to feel those hits. If you're a tackler and you're a defender, then you need to know what it uh, what it's going to take to wrap up and bring down some of these backs and receivers that you're going to face during the season so yes there's a balance there always will be uh, but for these young players and, and specifically guys that you know early enrollees and, and guys that haven't seen as much action during the season I think it's vital to, to feel what it's like uh, you know it might look good in 7 on 7 and Skelly but when you get out there and, and you have to compete and, and know that the hits are coming or you're the one who's delivering it. There's a change and you've got to be able to make it and I think if you don't get those reps, it certainly does um, inhibit your ability to, to get up to speed quicker and compete at a high level.
0: I want to talk about a couple of issues with you that I haven't already addressed on the show. One of those the quarterback situation and Boy, this is as deep as I can remember Georgia, at least in my eyes, looking to be at the quarterback spot. It's been a long time, so I think you can say you have this kind of quarterback depth. JT Daniels obviously looked the part of a of a starter, capable of being you know a, a big producer for Georgia this season. And beyond that, you know, not a perfect day for Carson Beck, but he made some big throws. Stetson Bennett didn't play a ton, but we know that he started SEC games before. When Brock Vandergriff got a look on Saturday, that's a really talented guy. Both, you know, in terms of the way that he moves, but also the way that he delivers the football on the move. This is a very, very compelling collection of Georgia quarterbacks, and the race to be the number two quarterback for Georgia is is, is really, to me, pretty interesting. And there are capable guys in that competition. What do you think about the quarterback situation on Saturday?
1: Well, I start with J.T. Daniels, and you know we've got to see him towards the end of the year last year, and you felt really good about it. And he did nothing but solidify that position and and our confidence in him. Uh, he played well. He did exactly what you want from your veteran quarterback that comes in and manages the game, creates some plays, uh, put some balls up there to let his wide receivers make a play on the ball. I mean, uh, just. just what you'd want in a spring game from a guy that we're becoming more and more familiar with. Now for the number two situation, you just project what it's going to look like going forward. And you have to really like what Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift did. So, you know, the discussion is going to be about who's number two in 2021, but looking further into the future, uh, both guys seem really capable and, and had flashes of the potential uh, of being that stud that you hope for At once JT Daniels decides to move on and move up in into the NFL. Um, you're looking at two guys that you think, man, I, I, I like our chances as they continue to develop. Now, who, who's number two in 21? Not exactly sure yet, but it's nice to know that um, – Stetson Bennett is, is still in the discussion, and uh, that's a, a pretty high floor, if you will, as to whatever that number
0: two ends up being. So I'm asking an unfair question because you know, it's difficult to know this right now, but the fact that we did see Beck throw the ball so much, we didn't see Bennett throw it as much. In one respect, it could be a reminder of what was said about Bennett back in the summer they weren't, you know, giving him much in the way of like first team reps during the scrimmages because they knew what they had with him. I don't think they knew he was going to be their starting quarterback, but that's the way that it worked out. You know, also kind of a limited, op, you know, limited number of reps for Bennett on Saturday, certainly more for Carson Beck. Did you walk out of this on Saturday with a, kind of an educated guess that that Beck stands as the number 2 right now or do you think that Bennett's got so much experience that as it's been said before, they truly just didn't need to see that much of him?
1: I don't think that's answered yet. I think there's still so much football left to play. I mean, if, if you were to go into the season today, which we're not, I think they would probably have more confidence in Stetson just because of his past experience. Now, upside long-term, there's no question. that The ceiling is much higher for Carson and Brock, but uh, there's there's a lot of development that still needs to occur and familiarity and and comfort within the offense you cannot come in as a quarterback and learn the intricacies of the game in a couple of weeks it just doesn't happen that way and I realized Carson was on the team and in the program last year but uh having those those experiences and not uh just running scout team with a card in front of you where you're, you're running another team's plays there's a difference there and it's going to take a lot of development for for both of our young quarterbacks and familiarity with the system for them to really learn the ins and outs and details, and that's what separates some of the veterans, at least early on, and gives them an advantage. Which you know Stetson certainly has at this point in the game, but uh, long term, the the more they grow in the system, you can see that. Uh, there's, there's just such a, a ton of talent between both those guys that um, I'm excited to see what their progression
0: looks like. And I'll add one more thing on quarterback here really quick. I think that, you know, in Vandergriff's case, he's just now arrived. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, steep learning curve when you first show up on campus. But just given some of the plays that he made, you know, coming off the bench cold, essentially making a completion, like right there, right away, doing so on the move, one of the things I keep saying about him and I'm going to continue to say it is at a certain point there's going to be exponential growth from him because the talent is there and once the comfort in the system and the comfort with college life matches the talent at a certain point you know Brock Vandergriff's going to make a big leap forward and I think it'll be interesting to see if that happens before the season begins or if it happens during the season but no doubt at some at a certain point before this year is done I believe Vandergriff is going to take a big stride forward just on the basis of the of the you know the skill set that he showed us on saturday
1: yeah the game will slow down you know right now you're drinking from a fire hose. you're trying to absorb as much information as you can and process it and still be able to go out there and make plays and it takes time it takes time to kind of learn what you're trying what you're forcing and you don't need to and uh what areas you just need to avoid and as a young guy You know, right now it's just taking what's on paper and what you've done in the meeting room and trying to put it on the field, and it feels really fast. The game feels like it's flying by. The safeties that, you know, he's three months removed from going against private school safeties in high school to some of the, uh, you know, seasoned SEC talent guys, Louis Seen and Christopher Smith in particular, those guys have been in the fire they know how to recover and make plays when they're out of position and what you thought you could drop behind them uh, no longer happens when you've got guys that cover as much ground as they do so you know it's part of the process and at some point you're right that switch will flip and you go man this is it slowed down so much from where he's at right now but Uh, It just takes time.
0: I want to ask you about the offensive line, what you saw from that group on Saturday. Before that, let me remind people that we're actually in, as we've been telling you, the Week of Giving in support of the UGA Alumni Association as they do great work to support the University of Georgia. You've heard Kirby Smart challenging all dogs to get involved in this. Those that care about UGA, who have, you know, children who are students there, those who are, you know, UGA graduates themselves, really anybody who, you know, has pride in the great state uh, of Georgia and the university that does such great work in our state and around the world, a great chance to get involved with the Week of Giving here with the UGA Alumni Association. Of course, uh, don't forget there's great incentives for this as well. All UGA alumni who give during this week get a 20% coupon to the UGA bookstore. That's valid between now and April 30th. Great chance for you to save on some beautiful dogs apparel right there in the UGA bookstore. They also have these embroidered patches they're giving away specially uh, made in support of all who donate here during the UGA week of giving. This is going on between now and April 23rd so please make sure you get involved on this. Let me give you the website to go to for more on this. It's callingalldogs.uga.edu edu of course dogs spelled the way it's supposed to be d-a-w-g-s callingalldogs.uga.edu you can get involved in the week of giving with the U G Alumni Association right now and what a great cause that is John what did you see from the offensive line on Saturday I thought it was interesting that it was Amarius Mims who was the black team left tackle it was Broderick Jones working on the right side the way in which that Jamari Salyer was used uh, I guess in some limited uh, situations interesting Tate Ratledge kind of validating a lot of the buzz that we had heard you know got a big knock there at the beginning of the game uh what did you think of the way in which really on both sides first and second team that offensive line was used on saturday
1: yeah it's it's a work in progress uh I, you know what we see is that starting lineup uh in g day i'm not sure that's what what we roll out in week one but you want to give them the opportunity i want to see what tate rattle does with the with the first group i think we know uh jamari sawyer is going <laughs> to Going to have one of the spots out there, and, and with that first rollout, that first series, he wasn't out there. So obviously there's uh, still some shuffling to be done, but uh, I also think there's development right now. I mean, you, you had Truss and McClendon as your as your two, uh, was it, red team starting tackles, uh-huh. and uh, I, I watched the, the backups, if you will, the Mims and Jones as much and as closely just because... You know they've got more buzz and they're the young guys and the new names and uh there's going to be some battles there i think specifically at that tackle position there are still question marks i don't think any name is written in stone right now it's more uh in pencil or ink at best because there's there's a lot of football left there's a lot of development before we face clemson and um you know I, like all of us we saw some good things but there was also some ugly that needs to get cleaned yeah. up and you know it's it's g day and it's a spring game so take it with a grain of salt because you know nobody knows you as as well as that defensive end you've been practicing against for the past few years sure. but especially for those that you know have done it for the past 3
0: weeks so, once again, this may be a little bit of an unfair question, but there's going to be an assumption by some that because Mims was left tackle, that's kind of considered the premium position, you know, uh, blindside protection for the quarterback, that maybe Mims is ahead of Jones right now. Would you read into that, that it's a, it's an extra nod in the direction of Mims, that he got to be left tackle while Jones was playing right tackle, or is that reading too much into something that's just not there?
1: I, I personally think that. <laughs> That's going a, a bridge too far for me. Okay, uh, you, you want to get both the guys out there and get the reps in. Um, it might be that Mims feels more comfortable on the left side, and uh, Broderick, having been in the system longer, has more familiarity. And you just don't want to stress Mims with having to learn both sides. I mean, I don't know what's happening in, in Coach Luke's meeting rooms and, and what that assessment looks like, but I will say this: both guys move really well, and for uh, Mims to to come in and and play at that level. Uh, I was impressed and encouraged for for long term, looking down the road. I mean, both guys, you can see that there's still physical development that's needed for them to get to where they want to be as players, but um, two really good-looking athletes that um, just need more time, one, in the weight room, but two, just on task of getting out there and competing against. Uh, the likes of, you know, it was encouraging to see. And I'll throw this name out there: Devonte Wyatt. Yeah. Some of these guys, D- D- Demetrius Robertson, had himself some plays. So, um, some some old heads, some some names that we know and have have been around a yeah. long time. Uh, it was good to see them make plays, but also it it, it shows the competition uh, that are the young players that there's so much buzz about that they're walking into. This isn't a this is a, a, a seasoned program at this point where there's not a lot of wide open holes for them to fill some vacant needs. And I think that's a testament to where the program is and not a condemnation that they're not ready, but it actually lets them kind of develop because We've got some guys in-house that that can play ball, and it, it really raises the level of competition across
0: the board. You've been very generous with your time. Let me just squeeze in one tiny thing before we uh, let you go here. I started the show today by talking a lot about Adonai Mitchell. I think when you have a 100-yard game and a touchdown on the heels of a spring that's been pretty buzzy, you know, Terrence Edwards making some pretty big <laughs> comparisons with him and saying that he was a guy that he was impressed with when he got a chance to watch practice. John, I take that to mean, I'm not saying that Mitchell's going to be an All-American or anything like that, but a guy who. Who's going to be playing for Georgia this fall involved in the game plan my assumption is that's what Saturday kind of proved here that that you know you've subtracted a wide receiver because of injury with George Pickens at least for now but I believe you may have added one in terms of Donnie Mitchell who right now looks a lot better than what a three-star recruits profile would suggest that he should be this early in his college career what would you say about Mitchell based on what you saw on Saturday
1: well I think it's great <laughs> I mean you, you love to see young guys making plays now uh, wide receiver actually becomes one of our uh, positions where you've got so many names that you could throw out there and say, God, that he could be the guy." But you know, for Adane, he, he certainly did uh, grab the attention from G Day for, for for the position group, and he was making plays and seemed reliable. And um, if if and when his name is called, you got to feel really good that. Uh, he's a guy that, that wants to make plays and has done so pretty early um, in his tenure there in, in Athens. So, you know, is, is he going to be the guy rolling in in September? I, I, uh, personally, I doubt it, but I, I think he certainly has uh, thrown his hat in the ring as a, a rotational player that can get some snaps and add. You know, for, for young players, especially that uh, you know, in positions where you can roll guys in and out, Uh, you know you're trying to carve out that time time on the field and maybe you're not a starter but you're certainly a contributor and i think he helped himself in that regard on saturday
0: john it's always great to get a chance to speak to you here on dog nation daily presented by palo in Dorf of georgia your insight so valuable in terms of what you saw from g-day and we'll look forward to doing that with you again uh really soon and i hope you have a great week
1: Oh, absolutely, and back at you, at B.A. And uh, one other thing, it was nice to see, you know, we did the freeze frame uh, series and highlighted a number of guys and to see Darnell Washington yeah. do some things that we highlighted on film, uh, James Cook, same thing, the way that he was used uh, in in the run game and in the pass game, and then see Lewis seen with an interception. I mean, that's three of the five guys that, that we kind of highlighted and, and raised Attention for, uh, with the Bulldog Nation... It was good to see them make some plays out you,
0: here. You know what, John? I almost never miss a chance at promotion here. That's just kind of what I do. Uh, I, I'm actually really disappointed <laughs> with, Really disappointed with myself. I should have made that connection that uh, that uh, our, our selections, and I'll give you all the credit for this, of course, but the selections for our Dog Nation right. Freeze Frame Series this spring, really all of them seem pretty strong here. We're going to do a lot of Darnell Washington here this week, and you know, highlighting him as part of that show seems like a pretty good idea. James Cook, a- Anderson, seen all the way around. That's a, a pretty well-done selection there. Because really, all those guys, uh, you know, really showed up in a big way on G day on Saturday. Uh, that's very well said, John. Good stuff.
1: <laughs> well, they flashed, and really, in a in a spring game, that's what you're looking for. It doesn't have to be the consistency, just because you're rolling guys through. But that's right. To see the flashes of, of what's to come and what they could be, I think it's really exciting for for the lot. You know, the the name we didn't say was Jordan Davis, and yeah. I think that's because. We all know the commodity that he is and what he means to the defense. But uh, for some of the other players, I think it just goes to show that we might be on to something there. They might be some some real contributors as the season rolls Uh,
0: out. I think you may be right about that, John. That's good stuff. Thanks for your time. All right, guys. Go, dogs. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Fruit. And if you're not aware, what John's speaking about there is over the course of the last few weeks we're going to take this into the fall there as well we're doing a show called dog nation freeze frame where john really kind of highlights some key moments from games from some of the top georgia players and over the course of the spring we've looked at some of those guys who would be you know we expected big things from going into g-day but certainly you know for the upcoming fall and john's right you know we did the whole show on darnell washington that seems like a pretty good idea now based on what you saw on g-day and You know, guys like James Cook from this past Friday, if you didn't get a chance to see that. So, Dog Nation YouTube, a place you can go to to kind of catch up on all of that. Uh, But really good stuff from John all the way around. I want to do a lot on the other SEC spring games here in a moment. Also, before we're done today, uh, we have a big new contest that we're starting here around Dog Nation. It's going to be running over the course of the next couple of weeks. I'll tell you about that before we're done today. Quick, though, word about my friends at SecondChance.law. You know, there are new Georgia laws in place they give you a chance in, in some cases to get a you know past conviction something like that kind of taken off of your uh, record they can be restricted off your record so that you can have better opportunity at jobs and better opportunity in, in some cases you know housing opportunities things along those lines the problem with these like new laws is beneficial as they could be in some cases they're difficult to understand that's what secondchance.law is helping you do they have a Online quiz that you can take and by answering the questions, you learn about your eligibility for this program. And I love secondchance.law because if if you're not eligible right now, they're not going to just like kick you to the curb and you know leave you, you know, stranded. They're going to give you some insight about how you might be able to to improve your chances of being eligible. I think it's really good stuff from my friend secondchance.law this is a, you know, one of the partners is a double dog. I means two-time graduate of the University of Georgia. Guys who've been listening to Dog Nation daily for a long time. These are good dog people. They like talking Georgia football, and they want to help take good care of you. I think it's a really, really great program for people who could really, you know, use it. Uh, secondchance.law. Find out more about that today. All right, around the SEC for some spring games here. The story for Alabama is Bryce Young kind of looked as advertised, a former five-star quarterback. He kind of looked the part. The other thing here that I think is a you know pretty big deal you got to give some credit to is the Alabama receivers played you know at least the best that I could tell really well on Saturday. John Metchie we already know about, but the emergence of a guy like Ajayi Hall as a big time recruit for Alabama who looks ready to contribute right away. You know this is one of the things that we said a couple of days ago here on the show is is that you know Alabama's obviously got to reboot everything, new offensive coordinator, new starting quarterback. You know after Devontae Smith's departure, you need you know to kind of find that new alpha in that wide receiver room no nashi Harris anymore and the overall recruiting profile for a lot of the guys that Georgia has even with the injuries you know not all that different than the kind of profile for the current guys at Alabama it's simply a matter of which system is going to you know help produce the best results well it certainly seems like new bama offense coordinator bill o'brien right now those bama wide receivers looking pretty good at jai hall maybe you know met you for the most part people already know about but uh ajayi hall kind of joining in on that conversation there as well as a receiver for bam we're going to be talking a lot about the other thing that you take away from the game in tuscaloosa was crowd of more than 40 i think it's forty-seven thousand on hand this is one of the biggest crowds for a sporting event in america since you know going back to last march and you know obviously right now uga is a little more conservative with some of what it's letting into these venues than other places are i was at some of the baseball game on saturday outside Foley Field there and they was obviously only letting in a very very limited crowd whereas you know they had more than 10,000 per game at Mississippi State this week for the game against the series against Ole Miss so right now you know Georgia going with a much more limited crowd for G-Day than A-Day was there in Tuscaloosa. Baseball much 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 you know smaller you know crowds being allowed in at Foley Field right now. A lot of the rest of the SEC kind of taking big strides towards uh, getting back to normal for right now. The other A-Day game the one that takes place at Auburn you know Decent numbers for Bo Nix on the scrimmage, but man, let me tell you this: there are just no receivers left in this Auburn program. And I don't know what that does to Brian Harson, Mike Bobo, working in their first year. I'm I'm just not quite not quite so sure about that. But uh, just no receivers for Nix to throw to. Now Nix has got his own issues to deal with here as well. But this is just not a program deep in receiver after guys like Schwartz and Seth Williams, and you know others have kind of left that program. Certainly seemed like Tang Bigsby had a pretty good day. I think he even had a kick return for a touchdown, which you don't normally see in spring games because they don't normally let him go like that. But uh, Bigsby had a pretty big day. You know, Bobo's been a guy, even though there's kind of that old meme about, you know, you know run the ball, Bobo. Bobo's actually been a little bit of a run-friendly offensive coordinator, offensive mind. You could certainly see them leaning a lot on Tank this year. Tank is going to be the face of that Auburn program almost for sure. And by the way, speaking of faces of the program, another guy who had a pretty good spring game on Saturday. Now, I still don't know quite what to make of the LSU quarterback situation. They had some receivers kind of step up and play pretty well, Keishon Butte, guys like that. But quarterback's a little bit unknown. But you did see Derek Stingley back making plays again. A lot of you are aware of this, that Stingley in 2019 was really one of the best players in the entire SEC, regardless of age, regardless of position. He had a huge year for LSU as a defensive back in 2019. I think most people in Louisiana around that Baton Rouge program would tell you that Stingley probably wasn't quite as effective in 2020. He was probably not the version. Now, listen, once you have a really good year, the media kind of treats you as that same guy you know, forever. There's no reevaluation of your performance. But I think most people close to the LSU program would say that Stingley did not have as good a year in 2020 as he had in 2019. If you're thinking about LSU, as we've talked about before, a potential bounce back type of team, I think one of the ways in which you have to get there you're LSU is you got to get that big performance from uh, Stingley once again. His, his broken up passes in 2019 were one of the ways in which an overall kind of you know, slightly above average LSU defense was able to get paid. They did sack quarterbacks that year. They did defend passes that year, and that enabled them to obviously be a recipe for a national championship. But LSU needs Stingley to be back, being what he once was, and maybe Saturday a little bit of a glimpse that might end up being true will make that your SEC through. A couple other things here, real quick. As I said before, got a chance to be at Foley Field for some of the game on Saturday post G Day. I took my family to G Day. And so we, we snuck over there to the ballpark after it was over with. And listen, it was really fun. First of all, it was, it was really cool. Uh, we didn't have tickets, so we weren't inside the stadium or anything. We were just kind of watching from outside. And at one point in time, um, foul ball came right to us. And so I was able to give my son a, a foul ball. That was a cool thing to be able to do, but also cool to see Georgia take two of three from Kentucky and what was a really big series for the dogs coming the week after what had happened uh, with the surprising upset series win against Vanderbilt. So all of a sudden, now you're talking about a Georgia team that's won two consecutive series, got a midweek situation with Clemson coming up, then at Missouri next week. It's a crowded SEC. It's as deep as the league has been, but maybe Georgia kind of getting hot right there at the uh, right time. So congratulations to them on all of that. Uh, Also here on our program, just for a moment, I want to, as promised, tell you a little bit about something that's going to be really fun coming up uh, around uh, Dog Nation over the course of the next couple of weeks. And this comes to you courtesy of our friends at Kroger as we seek to identify some five-star moms beginning uh, for, for Mother's Day. So starting tomorrow, you're going to be able to enter into this. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to honor five moms the week leading up to uh, Mother's Day. A uh, great chance for you to kind of get involved there. And whether it be, and this doesn't have to be you know Georgia football related, but, but you know obviously a lot of moms. Are out there, you know, driving kids to games and just stepping up, doing a lot of things when it comes to sports, and really in so many different ways. Our mothers have made uh, huge impacts on all of us. So, a great chance for you to kind of get involved in all of that and honor your mom here as a five-star mom courtesy of our friends at Kroger as we lead into a Mother's Day here in the month of May. Hard to believe that's already almost here, but it is indeed on that. So here's what I want you to do. If you want to get more information on this or if you want to uh, nominate your own mother or a mother that you know as one of our Kroger five-star moms, please send an email to info at dognation.com. That's the website, info at uh, dognation.com. The entry for this starts tomorrow. Of course, you're going to be able to learn a lot more about this at dognation.com there as well but info at dognation.com. Send that email. We'll kind of get going on that. We'll take some nominations and we'll get ready to honor some five-star moms courtesy of our friends for Kroger as we head into the Mother's Day season with uh, that month of May on us before you know it. All right, so with all of that said, as we get ready to wrap up our program here today, you know, don't forget you can always be a part of our Gator Hater Roll Call here by hitting me up on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily, and, you know, we'll celebrate your hatred for the Florida Gators and sometimes we kind of take a little bit of a break for that and we kind of honor some of the other things that are going on around UGA. Obviously the golden shoe may not be quite as prestigious as a national championship but we will give out a golden shoe here today for the UGA equestrian team that took home the national championship in their sport uh kind of a cool uh, edit they put out there on social media there's a lot of chatter about this online over the weekend so good to see UGA equestrian which really has a long uh, history of being a very good program good to see them taking home that national championship nice to see Georgia doing well in all of its athletic endeavors in this case the equestrian team there included by the way lousy stinking gators speaking of them 194 days from right now Georgia goes back to Jacksonville, we'll get a win against Florida. We'll have more G-Day talk for you again tomorrow. We'll keep breaking it all down. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. We will look forward to talking to you uh, then. Have a great day, everybody. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. We take your comments here and, of course, remind you that it's all brought to you by our friends at R.S. Andrews. Find them online, rsandrews.com, for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. First of all, it's great to see so many of you there at Sanford Stadium and in and around the campus on Athens on Saturday, uh, downtown as well. Just a really nice day all the way around. That was a fun thing to be able to see. And it's also been interesting over the course of the last couple of days to check in on your reactions to what you saw. Some people, you know, maybe not thrilled with everything they, you know, saw on Saturday, but it is important to note this as I got a tweet from uh, Brown J 404 on Twitter who said this, and this is so true, that Georgia Spring game is set up differently than a lot of others are. A lot of spring games are designed to be ones versus twos to make the starters for the team look good. You know, Georgia chooses to go much more competitive route with that. I think Alabama does the same thing in terms of ones versus one twos versus two, so what you see is actual intense competition and because of that, and this not an excuse or anything along those lines, but because of that what you actually see, you know, on the field is not always beautiful because you're going up against a really good unit on the other side, whether you're talking about offense, defense, or whatever else. So the Georgia Spring game from that standpoint is different. That's one of the reasons why I thought the entertainment quality of the game had on Saturday spoke pretty well, given the fact that it was good on good, as they say. A couple other comments kind of rolling, rolling in here on this. Weldon Williams mentioning, as we said during our regular broadcast today, that Terrence Edwards now looks to have been spot on with his praise of Adonai Mitchell uh that's a very interesting thing and uh wilden also mentioning that the comparison with george pickens Wilden says i mean honestly if pickens was that good as a freshman then why not ad or any guy for that matter this year too i, mean, I think the thing about Adonai mitchell and we kind of talked about this is that you know there is a sense in which you know the recruiting industry is only going to be able to evaluate guys they see and mitchell kind of coming in as a three-star recruit is a very good chance over the course of the last year before he arrived at georgia The recruiting industry didn't see much of him for a number of reasons and so therefore maybe the evaluation of him as a three-star recruit maybe was not the same thing it would have been if there had been a whole bunch of camps and a whole bunch of you know senior seasons for him you know kind of the things going down the way that you kind of typically you know have for these players in their final year before arriving at Georgia if that evaluation had been different the recruiting ranking for Mitchell could have been very different but um once you're out there on a practice field and everybody's just going to do the same thing you know what you were as a recruit that's all kind of washed away and Terrence said before that when you're watching these guys perform that was a guy that he clearly thought uh had a chance to play and I think that the phrase that Terrence used on Twitter and I retweeted this in the dog nation account during the game on Saturday that would really surprise some people I mean that was that was certainly that and you understand where that's all coming from now listen you know, I think it's important to note that no one here is saying, well, he's going to be you know, the next you know, great receiver, All-American, whatever else. That's not what anybody's saying, but as I said during the regular show, there's this concept of being above the line or below the line. Are you good enough to play or are you not? And college football, in a lot of ways, is a numbers game. It's simply about how many players do you have that you would feel comfortable putting into a game. And Georgia now has one additional name, at least, in the person of Adonai Mitchell that maybe many of us thought they would. So, yeah, it's the reason why we spent as much time talking about him on the show today as we did and it's the reason why a lot of Georgia fans are going to continue that chatter themselves. It was a good day, and depth matters the receiver position. You have the opportunity to play a lot of guys. You're obviously playing at least three on the field on almost every play now. And for Georgia, uh, Mitchell was could be one of those guys. You know, very possibly, you know, will be one of those guys in the mix for playing time for the dogs there this fall. Very interesting stuff from him on Saturday. It's our. RS Andrews podcast cool down. You can find them online, as I said before, rsandrews.com. Air conditioning, if you're worried about it, they can get your system tuned back up to factory fresh specs. Just find them online at rsandrews.com. To all of you, thank you so much for being here on our program here today. Hope you have a great day. I'll look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window in Door of Georgia. We'll look forward to talking to you then, everybody.